my name's Tina Waldrum. I'm the host of this podcast. This show is all about giving you, the listener, actionable insights to share your faith. I interview church leaders and congregation members alike to gain some understanding that both you and I can implement to share Jesus. Every week I work hard to locate and interview someone who can share their experience. Can you do me a favour? Would you mind sharing today's episode with one or two people that you know? One or two people that would be encouraged, that would be helped by today's content. Just copy the link and send it on via text or email. I'd love to see more people encouraged to share their faith. Now let's get into this week's episode. Welcome to the Win Win Evangelism Podcast. My name's Tina Waldrum and today I'm speaking with Joe Hood, who's the visionary CEO for Mainly Ministries. We're talking about the fascinating topic, is friendship evangelism dead? Welcome to you, Joe. Well, thank you. Kia ora. Fantastic to be speaking to another lady, born in New Zealand, but lived in Australia for a long time. I'm married to a Kiwi. Would you agree that Australia is a better place to live? No. <laughs> is that is that a quick and easy answer? It is. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have. Oh, asked. I love my life here. But <laughs> I love my life here, but I do miss Aotearoa. Yes, and you've still got that lovely accent. So, Joe, let's talk about this. Is friendship evangelism dead? But tell us a little bit about mainly ministries. Thirty three years, and you've been working. Um, helping churches interface with the community. Tell us a little bit of the background. The solutions that many ministries offer are ones that help the local church, church plant, missional community, Christian school, connect with families who have young children, so not yet school-aged children, in a way that provides a connection between the parent and child or the carer and child. And It also provides a a mechanism to gently bring about messages of faith for the local church uh, to use and as a team, so it's volunteer teams, and just allow Jesus to be revealed in the everyday. So uh, each one is a half hour music-based or play-based session followed by Uh, a time of hospitality and for the children, a time of play. And through the interaction that occurs, there is lots of outcomes for both the adults and the children uh, who attend. So social isolation is a huge issue for young families. And these solutions provide a place of belonging and a place of community and a place of social inclusion. Let me just clarify for our listeners today. So as we talk about this topic of is friendship evangelism dead, Joe has 33 years of experience of helping churches uh, with some solutions to interface the community or certain sectors of the community to actually help with social isolation and other things that in the midst of that, for Jesus to be revealed. Now, what is, and we can take the learnings from this, Joe, and and take it across all areas and all age age groups. And just as an individual believer myself, of what you have to to share with us. So let's talk about friendship evangelism. When you think of that word, how would you have defined that? Well. 
Growing up, friendship evangelism became a very trendy sort of thing to do within the church. And from my perspective, it became something that you did. You created a friendship so that evangelism could take place. And I was involved. I'm, I'm not looking at this from the outside. I'm looking at it from the inside. And when I think about what mainly ministries offers, mission and evangelism and witnessing should happen 24-7. And it shouldn't be something that I do. It should be something that naturally happens through the life I live as a response to the relationship I have with Jesus. So yeah, I've just been thinking more recently, I think friendship evangelism is dead. I think it needs to be celebrated for what it brought us because it took us out of the big events, the big Billy Graham crusades and things like that and into our local lives. But really it has contributed to the compartmentalization, that that siloed living. And I, I also think that it negates or it, it might not negate, but it decreases the reliance on the Holy Spirit. Yes. So are you saying that, because that's why I asked you the question, what does friendship evangelism mean for you? Because for me and for someone listening, it could mean something different. Now, I would have thought for me, I would have defined friendship evangelism as friends that I have in my world that are always a part of my world and as I go about life I'm sharing with them but you're defining friendship evangelism today as something that's a little bit more not organic it's a little bit more programmatic in that we think okay who can I befriend so that I can share my faith is that what you're saying yes yes it is it is that's certainly the definition that was impressed upon us growing up. Find somebody who doesn't know Jesus, who you think you could become a friend with, or they could become a friend of yours, and then share Jesus with them. Right, yes. And it is a bit of a problem if I think it through from that mindset, because, you know, as I understand what we're called to do, we're called to make disciples. So that friendship evangelism seen and outworked in the light that you're saying kind of makes me feel like I'm trying to make converts, not disciples. Yes. I, I feel like the word disciple making has become more part of the vernacular of the faith community more recently. And there's that sense that we all are disciples. I also think that we can disciple people before they've made a decision to actually follow Jesus. So uh, if you consider the Engel scale, I'm not necessarily sure there is a point in time for everybody that they suddenly become a follower of Jesus. I think that very often as they lead up to that consciousness of who Jesus is, they are being discipled through the interaction with the Holy Spirit and followers of Jesus. Joe, I'm so glad you've said that. You have definitely raised a few big topics of conversation. I know within our own online personal evangelism course, we talk about this, about conversion as a journey 
not as a fixed point as we often talk about. Now, let me ask you that question then. Your years of experience of working with people in the community, 33 years, has led you to that place of understanding. So what have you seen that leads you to that, that I'm not quite sure that it's a fixed point, but it's people journeying towards God? Can you think of examples? The examples I can think of are people who, when asked, when did you become a follower of Jesus, can't actually give you a time and a date. And sometimes people have said, well, I've always been a Christian because they grew up in a Christian home, they went to Sunday school or whatever the children's ministry was called, and there was just this gradual increase in their maturity as a disciple. Now, back when they were two, they wouldn't necessarily have called themselves a Christian or a follower of Jesus, but there was a childlike faith that enveloped who they were. And as time has gone on, they have become more and more mature. And if I look at my own life, I definitely have a time and and space. I remember coming up the front of or going up the front of church as a 13-year-old and saying, I am here to say I want to follow Jesus for the rest of my life. And then I got baptized soon after. But then I also know that through my journey of life, I have moved away from God at one point. Um, He was still a part of my life, but not a key part of my life. And I reignited my faith and did theological study and learned even more about him. And I would say through the COVID timeframe, I dug into my faith, you know, with a great deal of fervor. My faith and me are inseparable. It's just a part of who I am in the everyday. Yeah, it's a big topic, that one that you've (laughs) unearthed here today. Thanks for that, Joe. Please send me in an email if you're listening and you'd like some more information regarding that. So let's talk about this a, a little further then. Let me push into it a bit more. Is friendship evangelism dead? And and you're suggesting to us, yes, it is, within the context of how you have defined it. So let's talk about this concept that I know, which is the ethos of mainly ministries, which is bless, belong, believe, and become, those four Bs, and how that kind of flies in the face of friendship evangelism. Well, I would say that it starts with become and ends with become. So these are components of the solutions of many ministries as a fluid grid almost in terms of mission. So what I've seen over the years is that within the solutions provided or that the local church uses, the bless thing has happened really easily. But it has either looked like nice people doing nice things, or it has looked like strings attached. Going to give you a casserole, and I hope that you believe in Jesus in a few more weeks. And so that's why I now use become, bless, belong, believe, become, because what is the infusion of the motivation of our faith that says, 
I'm just going to bless you. No strings attached. But I'm motivated by my faith to do that. So I, I just want to do this for you because I know that God blesses people and provides for people, whether they are conscious followers or not of Jesus. And so that's one thing that in our community ministries we can think about. How are we doing bless? How does it look? How are we motivated? Belonging is a key part of um, helping people out of social isolation. So that sense that we can belong whether we want to go on the roster, whether we want to hand over our, our name. Well, we're going to hand over our name, but are we going to hand over information about our past? How do we help people belong at the level they want to belong with? And there was a, I think his name's Joseph Myers, a, a book that I read about um, small groups. And he was talking about how that there are levels of belonging. So there's public, social, personal, and intimate. And how we can sit alongside people at a sports game and realize that with the paraphernalia they're wearing, they belong to the same fan group that we do. And we don't know each other's names, but there's a sense of belonging. And so when we're running community ministries, how do we allow people to belong without them spilling the beans on their life and what has happened and their needs and their highs and their lows? How do we make them feel like they want to belong? Like, for example, maybe you you uh, have a family who's going through some tough times and instead of the church or the volunteer team putting together a care package, actually inviting everyone who's part of that community ministry to participate in that. And, and again, with no strings attached, with no expectation that they're going to want to know about Jesus the next week. But being quite clear when asked that that's what you're about. Uh, and then believe, how do people travel through that space to go, actually, I'd like to chat about Jesus. And this is the thing I love about Alpha is that people can actually ask questions with no judgment, no strings attached. You can go through a whole Alpha and come out the other end and go, actually, it's not for me. And and there's no pressure. The doors are not going to be locked. You are free to come and go. And um, when we're doing community ministry, how do we create a space where people can be invited to consider who Jesus is and the claims he made? And this should be happening through our lives, through the everyday, so that we don't have a task list. So this become, bless, belong, believe, become, is not a task list. It's not a continuum where if somebody is blessed, then they will feel like they belong, then they will want to believe, and then they will become followers of Jesus. It's actually just about making sure that as many things are covered as possible. And then becoming is, again, what I said before about people being discipled before they uh, believe, but it's also about us totally pressing into our faith and our faith growth. And we often get asked by volunteers, well, how am I meant to do this? Like there is a, 
a cheat sheet and how how we're not being fruitful. We're not seeing people wanting to come to church. Well, you know, is that actually the end goal anyway? But anyway, that's another podcast. Uh, but it's actually about that overflow of our relationship with Jesus. And so that's why we have this little ethos around mainly ministries so that we don't uh, find ourselves ticking a box, putting a task list out, that we are just seeing our lives as one continual space of mission, the mission of God. Yes, absolutely. And I love that. And I've come across those, let's call them tenants. Um, I guess it's a, a good framework, isn't it? A, a way that people can become disciples of Jesus is through this, you know, they meet somebody that has blessed them, so to speak, but we're careful that that's not a program in, in what you're saying. They do have a sense of belonging amongst a Christian community or, or Christians, whatever that is, and through that they are provoked, I guess, to ask or inquire about who Jesus is just from our lives and and then that sense of becoming and and following Christ. So would you say then, Joe, that our whole of life should be about mission rather than just saying, I'm doing friendship evangelism now? Yes, I totally would. I totally would. And I think part of that is also being sometimes people talk about this as being a faithful presence. In, in a location. I would say that we need to be be a faithful presence, but not necessarily silently. Like people often quote um, uh, St. Francis of Assisi saying, uh, preach the gospel at all times um, when necessary, use words. Well, actually, he never said that. And if you look at his life, it wasn't even reflective of his life, and it's not reflective of Jesus' life either. So we do have to be vocal while while we are doing life and while we are witnessing. It's not just all about being a silent, um, faithful presence. I 100% agree with that and thank you for saying that because I think there'll be some um, listeners today and thinking, oh, okay, how does that work? That is exactly true. We're trying to be, I, I call it pure evangelism, what we're talking about, is that we, we're just doing life where our whole of life is mission every day, like you're saying, and we are looking to live out like a mini Christ and knowing, not even hoping, because you're knowing that that type of a lifestyle, that type of genuine care and love for people will provoke people to actually ask some questions. And then as the Holy Spirit leads, then we have an opportunity to share a little bit more. You said that at the start, Joe, that it was very important that this was Holy Spirit led and you felt like you didn't equate that to friendship evangelism. Talk to me about that a little bit. Yes. So I can give an example of, um, it was actually a trip back home to New Zealand where I had said to God, okay, you know, what is this going to look like? Where are you going to show up? The way people um, use uh, their ear pods and things like that these days, you don't get to talk to many people on the 
um, plane on flights as you used to because people put on their headphones or plug in their earpods and they're off, you know. But uh, I ended up in a um, shop in New Zealand called Whitcalls, which is like a news agent, but quite different. It's one of my favorite shops uh, back home. Went to get a book for my cousin and a gentleman was up in the business section and he looked like he wasn't quite sure which book he was going to pick up. So I said, oh, if you're looking for something, this is the book to get. Then that was our interaction. We sort of laughed a bit and he asked me what I th- why I thought that was the book to get. Then I got downstairs and I'd paid for it and I was just preparing it for posting to my cousin. And the gentleman came past me and said, I bought it. I did what you said and I bought it. And he said, I think, uh, I think that's good luck that I met you today. And I said, you know what? I don't actually believe in good luck. I think God appoints times like this. Now, as it so happened, he then asked me, because it was right near Easter, he asked me about the meaning of Easter. Turned out his ex-wife's brother had talked to him about Christianity And he had a burning question. Now, I didn't expect to see him that day. And I could have gone, oh, silly guy. What does he think? Luck. But I decided to speak out. And then the Holy Spirit just prompted me with an example of what Easter was about. That I had actually spoken out two days earlier in a completely different environment. So it was like he just recalled that little example. And this this guy went on his merry way. I didn't have to make a friend out of him. I did have to be prepared to be that disciple who at that moment, somebody asked me a question that he was grappling with in terms of faith. Yeah, that's a brilliant example, Joe. Thank you so much for sharing that. So, it, I mean, you've made it very clear for me today in terms that we're saying we're not about friendship evangelism, deliberately aligning ourselves to people, making friends to share, but it's more about us every day going about life, being on mission, so to speak. We have an understanding that there is bless, belong, believe, become, which we've talked about, and it's more genuine and it's more led by the Spirit of God as as we do life. I, I think this type of evangelism, let's not call it a type because I then don't want this to become a program, <laughs> but this seems to be something that every believer, even myself, can be a part of. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, I feel like my Christian uh, upbringing has almost pre-programmed me to look for those times when I can become a friend uh, with strings attached. And uh, another example is um, over COVID, my uh, then kitten became friends with my neighbor's kitten. And uh, more recently, I've got to know her. Uh, She's, I've um, recently moved. And I had to actually remind myself No, I'm going to be a friend to her no matter what. I'm not going in there with the hope that she's going to ask me something about Jesus or with the hope that I can thread him through the conversation. And she got COVID. She's a mum parenting on her own. And I provided her a meal. 
which she was totally blown away about that somebody just over the fence who's who really knew her as being uh, the mother of the kitten would bless her like that and it didn't take her long to start asking why all this occurred and we've had some really neat um, discussions about faith I could have gone into that I was almost tempted to go into that as being a friend with strings attached you know how quickly can I tell her about Jesus now it happened really quickly anyway because the Holy Spirit was present I've got another friend uh, back home in New Zealand who We've been friends for 18 years and we've talked about things of faith, but she is resistant and we are still friends and I enjoy her company. Yes, I think this has been a great discussion today. We have really nutted this out and I I think I agree with you in that regard with the definition, is friendship evangelism dead? Well, I would agree also that it is if we define it how we did at the start of our episode today. In the show notes today, I'm going to drop all of the links so that you can connect with Joe through Mainly Ministries and you can see the solutions that Mainly Ministries does offer to the community to so that Jesus can be revealed and I think that could be very helpful for you and your small group or your church. So, Joe, thank you so much for your time today. It was wonderful to have you on the show. Oh, thank you, Tina. This has been a pleasure and uh, really appreciate this moment to chat. And thank you for all your podcasts. I have benefited from them and the people that you have interviewed. Thank you for the contribution that you make to the Christian community through your podcast. It's a great pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to the Win Win Evangelism podcast today. If this was helpful for you, please share it with others so they can learn also. If you, your small group or your church would like to upskill more in personal evangelism, learn how it can be easy, natural and not forced, why don't you check out our online free sample course on missionwithgod.com forward slash free sample. I trust that our podcast and our online personal evangelism course can be a blessing to you. Thanks for listening and see you next time.